0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Like how I space that out so you get your drink down. Well, I... I smell the blueberries.
1: Yeah, I, I've got it in my Outback Bowl given to us as a bowl gift, of course. Yeah. Turvis Tumbler. Yeah. And, uh, Sometimes you put your coffee in these things, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't lie when they say keeps drinks hot. It keeps it hot. It keeps and it cold so, too. Uh, I was wondering if it was going to be still at that point where it like burns the hair off your tongue, kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you have hair on your tongue, but okay. <laughs> uh, that that point where you like burn your tongue and you just feel it for a week, kind of deal. I didn't know if it was still that hot, but it's good. It's good. So um, I'm I'm going to be. That was fueled. a good
0: gift from the Outback Bowl people.
1: I bet you hadn't used yours a time, have you? I, I let my wife have it because.
0: Yep. Again, she's, she's more, because like, I'm always at the house, yeah. so if I want to get a glass of ice water, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Or if I want to get something hot to drink, which I don't, but, yeah. I but actually for don't. her, she just takes it with me. I
1: haven't used this a ton. Just about every time I've used it, I think you've seen it. Uh, I, yeah. I took it with us to Oxford once and on, on the drive up there and got it here today with me, so I haven't used it a ton, but it's pretty handy whenever, whenever I want to take a cold or hot drink out of the house.
0: There you go. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. We had a great month here last year, last year, last month. Just got the numbers in from our, for our, our month of June. Nearly 90,000 listens from, from you guys. We really, really appreciate that. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to us on iTunes or wherever. And if you want to give us that five-star rating, again, in the comments of the rating, you can bash us, talk bad about our mothers,
1: talk bad about anything you want. Just give us a five-star rating first. That's all we ask. It's pretty cool when you think about it. The 90,000, which I, I, I get it that a lot of the 90,000 are probably the same people listening to multiple shows, but in a nutshell here, 90,000 clicks, I mean, if that, that's, you know, if that was 90,000 people, that's, you know, fill up Davis Wade Stadium and then fill it up half full again kind yeah. of deal.
0: That's, you could fill up Davis Wade, The Hump, and uh, Duty Noble. Wow. If everybody counted twice, yeah, you know, yeah I know that. that I
1: know that technically it's probably like three or four thousand people listening yeah. once every it, day. But I hope,
0: I hope that's the case. But but, uh, yeah. but that said, however, we're getting there. We appreciate that. We always appreciate our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. With the Fourth of July coming up, hope you guys are thinking about them. We certainly are thinking about y'all. Uh, and we already gave a little shout out to our sponsor here. As I said, I, I, the, the blueberry smell is wafting over here of that pungent blueberry cobbler coffee from Strange Brew Coffee House. What?
1: Yes. 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 What's happening? <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to give you some subliminal messages as you uh, continued to talk. It didn't work. Okay. So anyway,
0: you can go check them out over there on Highway 12. And, of course, opening soon on University Drive, Strange Brook Office and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, proud sponsors of Thunder and Lightning. We only have four pods, or three more pods this week. So we're going to combine two of our football topics into one. We're going to do a positional breakdown and our SEC preview today. We'll talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks in the second half of the show, but we will start positionally breaking down the running back position. And this is really sort of a one-man show for me. I like Nick Gibson, don't get me wrong, and I'm excited to see what Lee Witherspoon can do. But this is the Kylan Hill Show. This is his time. He Is the he is, is it fair to say he is the biggest potential star on this team?
1: Yeah, and... I don't know that he gets enough. Does he get enough love outside of Mississippi State fandom and coverage and things for how good he might actually be? I, I think he may be one of the more overlooked stars or potential stars in the entire conference, maybe the country. I, I just, I really feel like he is a breakout level guy that could, you know, surge highly onto some. Draft boards. Now, don't misunderstand me. I think if you made me guess right now, he'd be back for his senior year. Yeah, not a lot year. of running backs coming out uh, early. But but I, I'm just saying that I think he could be a guy that is a superstar caliber guy that whether it's, you know, next year's NFL draft or the following one, that, that could be a high, high draft pick kind of dude. Like, I, I feel like his talent level is is, is such – I mean, he he's an excellent runner out of the backfield – um, has speed. He can he can catch. You know you, you know he's he you can use him as a receiver. You, he's a threat in multiple ways. Um, I just don't know that he gets the publicity that he should. You know I, I kind of think that in some circles he's he's overlooked a little bit. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but it's kind of my take. Well, he's overlooked because he was overlooked
0: by his own head coach last year. You know if he had gotten the requisite amount of carries he'd have been a 1,000-yard rusher last year. He might have had a chance to be All-SEC, in my opinion. Um, I think another reason to consider him a future star is he's got the right – he's got the star mentality, star attitude. And I I mean that in the best possible way. Confidence, swag, call it whatever you want. I don't know what the kids are calling it these days. But he has got the right mindset to be a star in this league. He wants the ball. He wants to be the guy that carries this offense. And for me, for you to tell me Mississippi State is going to be successful in 2019 – it starts and finishes with Kylan Hill is the bell cow of this offense, the same way Anthony Dixon was before him and Vic Ballard and Josh Robinson and and, and Jarius Norwood and all the l- great lineage of Mississippi State running backs. It's time for Kylan Hill to join that group.
1: Yeah. I think he's going to have to join it in a different way. Um, you know, this is a different style offense than those guys had. This, is a, this isn't this is going to be a, a hand it to Kylan Hill 30 times a game kind of deal, I don't think. He's going to have to do it you know, Joe liking to throw the ball and, and create balance and plays down the field and you know all the things that we've heard over the last year and a half. I mean, Kylan's going to have to make a name for himself doing some of those things too, catching passes and things like that. I know some of those guys that you mentioned caught some passes too. I mean, it's not like they never did, but um, I, I think that Kylan is going to have to, you know, make a name for himself and, and be one of those bell cows in a little bit of a different way. He's not just going to be that, line-up, hand-it-to-him guy, obviously. So, But the thing is, he has, he's got the skill set to do that. that. That's why I think he's going to be such a star, not just this year, but in the future, because he can hurt other teams in multiple ways and get the ball to him in multiple ways and do things with it. And, um, Yeah, he is just such a well-rounded back, Yeah. I feel like, that, that he is primed to be, and you, you kind of hit on it, the superstar of this team. Can he be a, you know, 1,000? We talked about that the other day. I mean, it's really
0: not that special of a number when you're talking about a 12 game season. You're talking about 85 yards a game. Can
1: he be a 1,200 yard back, a 1,500 yard back? He can be. I'm still interested to see, though, the the question here. And again, for me, it's not so much a knock on Joe. I think that Joe Moorhead came to Mississippi State kind of used to one style didn't really have the personnel to run that style and still try to kind of run his style a little bit and also kind of adjust a little bit. I, I feel like last year was kind of a Joe had to figure things out too. I'm interested to see now a year into this thing, how Joe is going to use Kylan. And I know last year too, in Joe's defense a little bit, Kylan was banged up some. I mean, he missed a couple of games, I think. And, uh, even some of the games he played in, he was kind of banged up and wasn't a hundred percent. And, uh, I'm interested to see how a fully healthy Kylan Hill and now a Joe Moorhead that has had a year under his belt with this team sees what the skill set is a little bit. Now, you know, if Tommy Stevens is your starting quarterback or if, even if, Kylan, if if Keaton Thompson somehow some way ends up being your starting quarterback, whatever the case may be, I'm interested to see how a year into this thing, what adjustments Joe makes, if any, to make sure Kylan gets the ball more. Because – Kylan, if he is given the opportunity, can he be a 12, 1,500 yard back? Absolutely. I just don't know that he's going to be given the opportunity to get there, is the question. But I mean, if you're averaging what he did last year at, what, six and a half yards a carry or whatever the heck it was, shoot, I know that if you get more carries, you may not average quite that high. But still, I think you can get somewhere in that 12, 1,500 yard range. He's just going to have to be given the opportunity to get there. I don't think that's a Kylan Hill question. That's a Joe Moorhead More question.
0: More of a Joe Moorhead question? Okay. What what happens if Joe Moorhead, for lack of a better word, ignores Kylan Hill a second year? Uh, it's a two-part question. Can
1: MSU be successful? And what does Kylan Hill do? MSU can be successful if Tommy Stevens is a superstar. Okay. Uh, I don't... I mean, I'm not saying Tommy Stevens isn't a superstar, but my... my my gut instinct is if Kylan Hill is not utilized appropriately, you're looking at a another uh, year where the offense is going to struggle to move the football against good teams, kind of thing. Like, I, I think he's Kylan is going to be, to me, key to creating the balance Joe wants to create to move the football against good teams. So, uh, what was the second part of your question there? <laughs> Do you so, even remember? What happens with Kylan Hill? I well, mean, I mean, Kylan's a guy that you probably aren't, aren't going to have to... He's not one to hide what he thinks, you know. I guarantee you, if he's not getting the ball the way he thinks, there's going to be some sub and things like that going on. You're, you're probably going to see it. Uh, it Maybe Bill Martin and company may have to shoot it down on Twitter immediately and tell him to delete it or something. But I, I, I think that some frustration could definitely build for Kylan because he's a guy that it's not just you and I sitting here thinking he's a superstar. Kind of like you said, he's got that swag. He thinks he's a superstar. So it's going to create an interesting dynamic there um, if he's not getting the carries and things that quite or or getting the ball as much as we think he should kind of thing or as much as he thinks he should. That's going to be interesting to see. I I don't know what what the answer to that is. But bottom line, I think that you and I have sat here and said it before. You said it before, and I uh, 100% agree with you. Joe Moorhead didn't stoop. Right. He knows how good Kylan Hill is. Now, yeah, I think last year he knew, too, that Nick Fitzgerald was a, a weapon with his legs and things. And, of course, like we, like I mentioned a while ago, Joe liked trying to install his kind of offense. I think between all, that's why you didn't see Kylan get the ball as much as mm-hmm. we think he should have. Um But he knows that Kylan Hill is probably his most explosive playmaker on the field, so I have to feel like somehow, some way, Kylan Hill's going to be touching the ball an awful lot this year, and it's going to absolutely floor me if you and I are sitting here doing a podcast on a Monday after a Mississippi State win or loss, and one of your things that are true is Joe Moorhead is still ignoring Kylan Hill kind of thing. Like It's going to shock me if that's the case.
0: How big a role does Nick Gibson have this year?
1: I mean, probably not, you know, humongous, but because Kylan Hill is going to, of course, shoulder a lot of that load. But I mean, r- running backs—one of those positions where, yeah, he's going to play. He's going to play, you know, decent amount, I would think. And I really like Nick too. Like he's kind of—I feel like—gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit because you had Aries that was, you know, pretty darn good, especially for three years. And then last year, Kylan kind of emerged, and you still had Aries around. I think people have kind of. Slept on how good Nick Gibson can be a little bit. Oh, he's, I think he's a really good batter. I do, too. Um, and, and so I think he is going to be a – I think it's a great one-two punch for State with with Kylan and, and Nick. And, and Nick's got a great personality, too. He's just a, a guy that – I don't know that he is Kylan Hill's level of skill, but if he was, Nick is the guy that, like, you would want to send to SEC Media Days and, and do that kind of stuff. His personality is just outstanding. Uh, he, he was the guy that, if you'll recall, I think we talked about it on the podcast, but um, we were asking him about Keeton Thompson and Keeton's development back during the spring. And Nick yeah. was the guy that kind of gave us that quote. And he was like, There were so many times where Keeton throw the ball, and we were like, Where in the, you know, are you throwing the ball, kid? <laughs> like, and he's like, Now we don't do that. He He's just full of personality and stories. And, and he's a guy, too, that we we talked before about guys who sometimes they just like being at Mississippi State. You know, they could go elsewhere yeah. and things like Nick Gibson is a guy that could have went elsewhere and started.
0: You I get mean, that impression, he, yeah.
1: He, he could have went somewhere else and started. But he loved being at Mississippi State, and he chose to stay and – uh He's a guy that I know personally. I'll be pulling for to have a big year this year, just because he's another one of those really good dudes that has just kind of stayed the course, and now this year he's going to get his biggest opportunity yet. You know, right there being the the one B to Kylan Hills one A.
0: Maybe not this year, but what do you what do you expect to see out of Lee Witherspoon? Do you, do you think he he's going to fit that mold of the explosive back that uh, that Joe Moorhead wants? Because
1: his numbers
0: are crazy. It,
1: his numbers are crazy, and. It was done. Correct me if I'm wrong. In, in smaller level high school football yeah. in the state of Alabama, um, so that kind of lends itself sometimes to some crazy numbers um, when you're playing against defenses and things that you know just you're just you just out talent a lot of those kids, yeah. and that's not going to be the case at the SEC level. So I'm sure there'll be a learning curve, and but like you said, barring like major injury and stuff to both Kyland and Nick Witherspoon not a guy that. Like you said, I don't think you're going to get anything out of him this year. I wouldn't guess. I, I think that
0: you know he's one of the guys who'll play his four games, but I, I do wonder with him if he's as explosive as we seem to think he is, as, as his numbers would let you believe. Could he play a role in special teams this year?
1: Well, I'll yeah. never write that off because I still don't know why, about why, yeah, so, yeah. Why, why in the world WAP lost his, you know, red? You know, I get well. He he did not red shirt because of how much he played. So anyway. Uh, yeah I'll, I'll never write that off that that somebody might can produce on special teams and look I know it kind of gets overlooked some and I, I know that in some ways you can just plug bodies out there kind of thing but bad special teams can cost you a football game so if he, if he can produce there <laughs> then then sure absolutely but from an, in the backfield perspective I, I don't I don't feel like that Lee is gonna give you much barring total disaster back there. You're probably
0: right. You're probably right. Like I said, I could see him making a move on special teams. And then I don't expect anything from Kareem Walker. To be totally honest, I don't know if Kareem Walker's coming to Mississippi State. It looks like every day they talk about, you read on 24-7, he's not here yet. He may not be here until August. At this point, what is he providing? You know, I feel like he's taking up a scholarship more than anything else. I don't know how how much, you know, you. I really expect to see from him, which is an interesting thing because – his profile is that of a very highly recruited back out of high school that sort of lost his way at Michigan and then didn't have a great JUCO. Uh, what's the i looking for? Career. Career, I guess. And you know, was sort of brought on just because state needed some depth more than anything else. But at the same time, you know, if he, for a JUCO guy, you know, I I always bought into sort of the Dan Mullen line of thinking, and you're seeing it more a lot these days. The if they can't be here in the spring, you know. They're really sort of useless at that point, unless they are just in a, a monster talent. You know, Cam Newton wants to come in the fall. That's fine. I get that, but uh, I think that uh, with Walker, I, I just don't see him being a big contributor uh, as a third running back or, or, or much of anything. And then, but this time next year, you know, State's got two running backs committed in the twenty twenty class with Jacquevious Marks and Dylan Johnson. You know, it seems like a, a, an ideal candidate for processing. You know, you look at your, your situation next year what your what your depth chart is going to look like. I mean, you got Kylan Hill, and then you got Witherspoon, and then you're going to have two true freshmen after that, which I mean, at running back you should be okay with that. And it's not a big deal to have freshmen there because it's it's just running back and that's a situation where you're, for the most part running back is running back is I, I believe that that position is that position more than any other position change from high school to, to college, you know, because for the most part it's just hand them the ball and go. You know, they they understand how to do that. Um so you know, this is a position that right this year it's sort of in flux a little bit. But you have the steadying influence of Kylan Hill. I agree with you, by the way. I think Kylan Hill's got big potential to be 12th. And I think he's potentially a first team All SEC. I don't know that I will vote him that in a couple weeks. You know, right off the top of my head, let me think. Who, who are the DeAndre Swift is still at Georgia. Yeah. Um, you know, Najee Harris is a guy that's he's going to be the guy at Alabama. This is finally his time. Um. Just Thinking around the rest of the league. I mean, this there's gonna be plenty of them, but this is not the best year for running backs. So, you know, Alabama doesn't have that established guy. Auburn doesn't have that established guy. LSU doesn't have an established guy. Um you know, at LSU, LSU might end up being John Emory, the yeah. true freshman that state recruited. Um just thinking around Tennessee, you Kentucky, know, Benny Snell obviously gone. Um South Carolina I mean, nobody's standing out to me. I mean, yeah. So there's uh, a possibility Colin Hill could be, like, a second-team All-SEC back based off his production
1: from last year. But I think potentially he's a first-team
0: All-SEC back
1: by the end of the season. If he's a first-team All-SEC back and puts up humongous numbers and all that all nine yards – I know we talked about this a little bit a minute ago – what's the chances of him leaving after this year?
0: Um, do you think he They'd have to put up monster numbers, 1,500, 1,600 yards, just to get the attention. You know what I mean? Just like – Running back, you know, if you look in the NFL, the first pick of the, there was only one running back gone in the first round last year, right? And he went 24th. And he was Alabama's third string running back. Um, I mean, there's just not that same demand. So he would have to do something really, really special. Now, obviously, the year before that, a Joe Moorhead coach back was the number two pick in the draft. But Saquon Barkley, as you can tell, sort of a transcendent talent. I don't know that Kylan Hill is like that. I don't know if he's that good. Boy, if he was, this would be a good year for Mississippi State, though. It would be. You get him (laughs) and Stevens working on the same path. For sure. So, yeah. It's the Colin Hill show and the running back situation this this, this year. We'll see if he gets to, to be the star or if he's just a complimentary player uh, as the season goes on. I'm going to yeah. go on record and predict star. I, I would think that's a safe prediction. I'm going to watch the first couple games before I get back to you on that one. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about the wide receivers next week and the addition of Isaiah Zuber and possibly the uh, the the rise of Stephen Gidry and Osiris Mitchell. Can they be big-time <laughs> players uh, for MSU? SEC preview time. We are back in the SEC East, and we're going to talk about South Carolina. Here's a team I don't like this year. Uh, last year, I bought into South Carolina. I thought they could maybe challenge Georgia a little bit, coming off of what a nine-win season. And I thought maybe Wilson Muschamp has learned from his mistakes, and he's he's willing to he's going to get it together. No, I was wrong, and they weren't good. And now this year, they have what is, to, in my opinion, the absolute hardest schedule in uh, college football. They play three teams that right now, I believe, will be in the college football playoff. Whew. So does Texas A&M. So just to give you an idea, they, I mean, they just, it's just it's just rough. It's just rough. And let's start at the beginning. South Carolina uh, versus North Carolina. I believe this is a new, one of those neutral site games. Here's what I find interesting about this matchup. Uh, if you listen to my cohorts on Sports Talk Mississippi, they are convinced that South Carolina will win this game because Phil Longo is at North Carolina. I am not convinced of that. In fact, I believe North Carolina should be better offensively because Phil Longo is there. I think he, you know, he has a, an understanding of what to do, and you know, some of his uh, situation at Ole Miss was, I think, was personnel limited. I'll put it that way. Um, but at the end of the day, I just don't trust South Carolina to be able to score a lot of points. I like Bentley, which is the thing. I like Jake Bentley. I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, but and they've got some some pieces there, but by and large, this team is just not very impressive. I I'm won't take them to start off the year
1: zero and one. Ah. South Carolina is a tough team for me to predict any of this because I I just don't really know where I sit with them to be honest with you. You know, I I yeah. just I'm kind of on the fence with them. My gut instinct when you read me that, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina neutral site, my first instinct is South Carolina wins. Okay. Um hearing you talk, who I actually trust more, you know, for nationwide college football than I do myself? You're trying to talk me into it. Well, not, you're not really trying to talk me into it, but, but your discussion of it makes me want to go North Carolina. But I'm going to stick with my gut instinct. I'm going to have them at 1-0. Okay. I think South Carolina wins. All right, I got my 1-1. We'll both have them with a
0: win the next week against uh, Charleston Southern. And then, hey,
1: Alabama. Hey, welcome to the Lost
0: College. All right, so you've got them 2-1. Two two one. One. I've got them 1-2. Uh, then they'll travel to Missouri. Uh, Missouri is a team that uh, beat them a season ago. Uh, I, I'm going to use my litmus test here. I think Barry Odom's a better coach than Will Muschamp. I think Jake B- Bentley's probably a better quarterback than Kelly Bryant, but it's on the road, so two out of three to Missouri. I'm going Missouri. I'm going Missouri, too. Two, right. and, two. and then uh, Kentucky versus South Carolina. Here, Here's a an interesting stat. I believe this is correct. I think South Carolina's won like five in a row against Kentucky or something like that. They have a winning streak against them. Is this
1: in? It's in Columbia. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll go Carolina.
0: Did they beat them last year? Let me make sure of that. No, Kentucky beat them last year. Maybe it's the other way
1: around. Maybe Kentucky has the winning streak. I I feel like Kentucky is
0: going to fall off some this year. I do too. And and so I just. I'll give them the win here. So two and three for me, three and two for you. (laughs) And then they go to Georgia. Yeah. L. That's an L. So I've got them with four losses right now. You've got them uh, with three and just three. three. Over here. But then they play Florida. L. That's an L. Then they go to Tennessee. This is sort of the swing game for the season for both of these teams, isn't it? Winner of this game is going to have a great shot to get to six and six. Loser of this game is probably not going to a
1: ball. These are two teams that I kind of feel like on the same plane right now, but it's in Tennessee. It's at Tennessee. So, so I'm, going, I'm, I'm going L.
0: One the ball. So I've got. I'm already at six losses. You're I'm at five. At, you're at five. Uh, they bring Vanderbilt to. Uh, South Carolina the next week. W. Should be able to get back on on, on the winning track here. And then here's the – listen to these next three games. They could go 0-3. I'll
1: just say that. They could go 0-3. Appalachian State. They're winning that. I know App State's beat some others, but I'm saying, like, I'm just saying that, that that game won't completely surprise it, it me. Won't, it won't completely surprise me. That's a tough non-conference
0: game in the, the second week of November. If
1: you're asking me to predict it, though, like there's, I'm not picking App State. It's I'm not going to shock I'm going to
0: pick South Carolina today. I will not be surprised at all when we get to November if I'm picking App State.
1: Yeah, that's fair. South Carolina at Texas A&M. L.
0: That's an L. And then they finish up at Clemson.
1: L. I've got them five and seven.
0: So I've got him four and eight. Muschamp fired at four and eight after year, three years, probably. So where they goes? He was six and six. That's four years. I'm sorry. They, they were like six and six. Then they went to nine and four, back down to to seven and six or whatever, and then four and eight. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, and and, and, and then and, I would hope this is it, right? This has got to be it. No more head coaching for
1: Will Muschamp. <laughs> um. I don't know. Maybe Gus gets fired, too, and oh, Auburn, Auburn wants to hire Muschamp. Please, God, let that happen. <laughs> Please. I, I, don't, I haven't been a good
0: enough Christian <laughs> to have something like that happen for me. Man, I would laugh and then laugh and then I would laugh some more.
1: And the thing is, too, in the East, I mean, he's not cracking through that ceiling, uh, uh, you know, with, with Georgia becoming the behemoth over there. And Dan's got Florida. You know, I don't think Dan's going to you Know, take Georgia down anytime soon, but Georgia, Florida to me is the clear one two over there for the foreseeable future, right? I mean, you, do you see anybody else over there? I mean, could Tennessee crack up there? No. I mean, no. I,
0: Georgia is locked in number one, Florida is locked in number yeah. two, and then everybody else is sort of playing for third for the time being. And, and, and I do believe locked in or the top two, too. I don't think Florida's catching up with either. Georgia, I don't think Mullen has the recruiting ability. To put together classes that can get ahead of Georgia, it's just going to be the same thing. It's going to be—he'll be better than he was at state. We're doing a little Florida talk here, but won't be able to. It'll be just like before. He won't be able to catch Saban, and he won't be able to catch Smart. But South Carolina, yeah, they're they're trending down. in my, and then next year, you know, Bentley's gone. I just don't know. I don't know. Bentley's a really good quarterback that's played for really bad teams. He's—I'm you know, trying to think of who—who who, who, who would the award be for that? If we had to give him, you know, the. Good quarterback that played for bad teams award. We need to think about that. That's a, that's a good topic. Who who would we name it after? I'm trying to think, it's just in the conference. <sighs> like, I'm thinking of Herb Tyler at LSU. Good quarterback, <laughs> terrible LSU teams. But when Jerry Dinardo was there, or maybe uh, I don't know. I have to think about that. That's a that's a good question for me. I'll come up with something. All right, guys. Tomorrow's show, uh, we'll preview Arkansas, Mississippi State-Arkansas game. I, don't, I haven't got an interview set up yet, but we'll have somebody come on to preview the Hogs with us. Plus, we'll, we'll, I want to talk a little bit more about Tommy Stevens because he was the, uh, the talk of the internet and the message boards today after uh, some rave reviews at the Manning Passing Academy. Is everybody about to buy in? We're going to talk tomorrow about Tommy Stevens and how he has two different groups of people to win over, the locker room and the fan base. I think one's going to be easier than the other. I do too. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Guys, have a great uh, Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday morning for Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.